and on it. He's, he's the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. Set the record straight so we can get the direction of this country going in the right direction for a better USA. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing, buddy? Welcome back to D.C. Good to be back. Let me tell you. <laughs> Trust me. I know how it is. Real quick story. One time I was on a plane. And this happened, which just drives you nuts. It backed away from the gate, sat there 20 minutes, and then pulled back up to the gate. Not at a new airport, at the same airport. No, one of my <laughs> colleagues who was on the plane in front of me from LAX yesterday uh, had that exact thing, except they had to drop somebody off who was sick or something like wow. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it was sort yeah, of interesting. Got off the air with you, gotten all the traffic on the 405 freeway going down to LAX, and then... Hours, hours, hours later, I'm running around the Beltway. So here we are back in D.C. The big thing going on here yes. right now is a debate on the floor of the House right now as we speak about the issue of defunding Planned Parenthood. Of course, uh, Republicans pressing that cause. And uh, they'll be able to approve this bill later on today and send it over to the Senate. The problem, of course, is is that uh, there aren't the 60 votes there in the Senate to move this bill any further. And so we're, you know, we're heading down the, the pathway of yet another battle amongst Republicans where the leadership turns around to everybody else and says, you know, we got this bill through the House. We're going to try to get it on the Senate floor, but the Democrats are going to filibuster it. Uh, we shouldn't have a government shutdown about this. And the GOP rebels will back at the leadership, look back at the leadership and say, you're a bunch of losers. Fight for this. And they'll say, yeah, but we can't get it passed. And they'll say, fight for it. And they'll yeah. say, yeah. But, and, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It could well be that we go into a government shutdown again. Or the leadership is just going to try to push ahead with a short-term budget plan that doesn't do anything about Planned Parenthood. I, frankly, I think, well, frankly, there's no way that they'll be able to get anything done on a short-term basis to stop money for Planned Parenthood. It just, that's not something that uh, is going to get through the Senate and would be vetoed by the president. But it, this is the root of sort of all the battles right now, that you have a small group of Republicans who argue the leadership isn't being aggressive enough and, quote-unquote, not doing enough. But the reality of the situation is, the the votes aren't there either to get it through the Senate or get it past the president. So I don't know where this shakes out in the weeks ahead. Well, when it gets to the Senate, they ought to play one of those videos for the Democrats since they are sticking together on this. Well, and the Democrats are, and, and, and summarizing their arguments, it's pretty simple. They say that, again, I'm just summarizing what the Democrats are saying. They say these videos are heavily edited, that they're fake, that they're done by these anti-abortion groups. They they're, can't prove that. They're, they're, undermining, they're trying to undermine it that way, and yeah. I don't hear... I mean, you hardly hear any Democrats, I, I don't hear in their arguments, any worry about this whatsoever. You know, okay. they, I don't sense any knee wobbling on their part. And so that leaves the Republicans short on votes, obviously, if they're not going to be able to sway any Democrats. And frankly, I think they could lose a couple Republicans over in the Senate. Right. Presidential race. 
Trump has taken some flack about not correcting a person asking a question or making a claim about Obama. You know, it's sort of like being on talk radio. Sometimes you get yeah. a phone call and you shake your head and you think, oh, what do I do with this call? <laughs> exactly. You Am know, I supposed to correct yeah, everybody I, that yeah, calls? Yeah, do I have to, you know, can I just ignore that? And so I get it on one level where yeah. you know, people will argue and say, well, Trump shouldn't be responsible for uh, what people say. I get that. On the other hand, uh, it wouldn't take much. You know, I saw something. I saw John McCain do something like this. I think it was in 2008 uh, when a woman said that Barack Obama was an Arab was the word she used. And yeah. he said, no, no, no. He's a family man. And I just disagree with him. And that's what it's about. You know, so I would assume that Trump's going to take some flack about this for a couple of days. It'll probably move on. But yep. it's a reminder of how outside things can get in there. Trump has, ha- has been on a roll, you know, up until this debate the other day when finally somebody slowed him down. And now, does that mean that he's suddenly going to plummet off the cliff? I don't believe that. But just watch to see, uh, you know, what happens with coverage of him in the days ahead, especially is there a narrative that's created if his poll numbers were to go down of, hey, Trump's now on the way down. You know how that can be. Well, I've already seen a headline on one of my TV monitors where they are basically alluding to that, even though they don't have any factual information yet. They're waiting one, to dance on his grave. There was one poll uh, that came out on the day of the debate from Michigan that actually had Ben Carson ahead of Trump. Now, are we going to see some moves like that in other polls? Well, you know, again, if Carly Fiorina goes up, who loses? I mean, you can't just add points to her and not have anybody else go down. Yeah. Also interesting story today I saw was one on Scott Walker that indicated that there are some vendors who have not been paid by his campaign. And I don't know if that means that there is a money shortage there or if they're just sort of slow in getting it done. Uh, but uh, the, the Walker uh, story now seems to be that he's going to try to focus on Iowa to try to get himself up there. And, you know, his campaign is not going in the right way. And as a reporter, when I was in there in the spin room with him the other night after the debate, the tenor of the questions from reporters was the tenor of the questions you get when your campaign is in a free fall. And it's not going well. It's, you know, why are things going so badly for you? You know, when, when you got the momentum, everything's working for you in a presidential yeah. campaign. Yep. But when things start going the wrong way, boy, they can get sideways fast. It's and that's, called the frenzy. Yeah, and that's the way it seemed to me as I was standing there listening to all those questions uh, being fired at, at, at Walker the other night. So he's not paying some of his vendors related to his presidential campaign. Yeah, and so then there's the question, does that mean the money's not there? I mean, he staffed up pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah. He, he took a number of people who were press secretaries here on Capitol Hill and brought them over to work for him. There's a number of people that we know that have gone to the Walker campaign. And I remember sort of thinking, wow, that's a lot of people. So there, there's a, there, they might be a little staff heavy there. So just sort of watch that space as we move ahead. I'm definitely going to watch it because I have uh, heck, you know, private conversations with people who want to run for office. And the advice that I give them all is don't allow your spending to get too far out in front yeah. of your fundraising and it, you I, never catch up exactly and fiorina i think is an interesting example because carly fiorina right now is running a low budget operation yeah and it can hurt you when you're trying to get your message out but on the other hand you're not spending yourself into oblivion exactly. either and uh you know here she is presented with this grand opportunity after wednesday's debate and, uh, you know, you might not have the ability of the people to step in and really deal with it and grab on and channel that energy as much as you'd like to. Right. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens there. What about a bar fight? <laughs> What's that about, Jamie? Evidently, well, there's going to be a uh, there's a big Republican gathering uh, today in South Carolina. And then right. there's another one in Michigan up on Mackinac Island over the weekend. And evidently, at a bar up on Mackinac Island last night, there was a guy who works for Marco Rubio. There was a guy who works for Rand Paul. 
There's a number of different stories, but supposedly there were some punches thrown after a few drinks or really? something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's the big story that's making the rounds. And, uh, you know, there's uh, stories being pointed back and forth about one guy who evidently has had some issues before. I, you know, we don't know all the facts, but... Yeah, uh, let's just say that probably if you're running a campaign, the last thing you want to get a call about in the morning is the story in the papers all over the place that yeah. one of your guys slugged somebody else in the face or took a punch in the face standing up for you or something like that. So uh, it's it's a reminder to all those working for candidates, big and small, that you want to stay out of the newspaper, if at all possible. <laughs> Who says they don't take that job seriously? That's right, yes. Ready, yeah. to, ready to take a punch for the candidate. That's right, That's yes. what I'm talking about. Shane to B would take a punch for me if somebody insulted me, wouldn't you, Shane to B? Uh, and I'd throw some punches, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what about the Republican congressman, Catholic, who says he will boycott Pope Francis' speech? Why? Yeah, Congressman Paul Gosar of Arizona uh, wrote an op-ed yesterday uh, that he put on the Internet and said because of the media reports that seem to indicate that Pope Francis is going to use part of his speech to talk about the need for action on climate change next week before the Congress, that he, Congressman Gosar, will not go to the Pope's speech, even though he, the congressman, is a Catholic. And he went, I think he said he went to a Jesuit school for college, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, Gosar says, no, he thinks that this is just uh, ridiculous and wrong uh, and and argues that uh, Francis has been swept up by the environmental lobby and the left. And so he says he's not going to go to the speech. I'd have to say, Herman, I would bet there might be a few more who might not go, but they might do it quietly, you know what I mean? Just not say anything and just decide, you know, I'll go take a walk or something like that or watch it at my apartment or something. Uh, You never know. We could have a few more. And, you know, the whole religion aspect, too, I bet probably will give a few members sort of the heebie-jeebies if you're not a Catholic. Uh, you might not want to listen to the Pope. On the other hand, you could just look at it as a historic moment, the first time that a Pope's ever been here, and just go at it that way. But there'll be some political undertones next week with the Pope here. I mean, think about it. He's coming here first from Cuba. That's a political story in itself. Uh, He could say stuff about abortion that could put Democrats on the defensive. He could say things about climate change that might put the Republicans on the defensive. All sorts of things. Uh, So we'll see whether or not we get any more people. But as of now, the first one, Paul Gosar, a Republican of Arizona who is a Catholic, says he will boycott the Pope's speech next Thursday. Now, how does this work? Because does the Speaker of the House have to extend the formal invitation? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and Boehner, uh, Speaker Boehner has said that he has tried to invite Popes to come here for like the last 20 years. He is a Catholic, Boehner is, as is Nancy Pelosi. I think it's about 31% of the Congress is Catholic, compared to about 22% of the nation. And so for a number of lawmakers, I mean, this is obviously a very, very big deal uh, to have the Pope here. Uh, you know, lawmakers of very deep faith, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, certainly there will be some political issues and some political undertones and overtones to whatever the Pope says next Because week. I remember when uh, Benjamin Netanyahu came, Democrats, the administration, who, yep. made a big deal about it. They didn't think it was right, blah, blah, blah. But now there's also a story about President Obama is going to uh, test Pope Francis's tolerance by inviting yes. some people to the White House that are opposed to Catholic teachings? 
There, I think at um, when the Pope goes there, I think he goes there on the 23rd on Wednesday, if I remember correctly. There was a story in the in the Wall Street Journal. I haven't been able to chase it down yet, but basically said that the White House has invited some transgender religious activists and uh, the first openly gay U.S. Episcopal bishop and also an activist nun to the White House event and that the Vatican is not pleased with that, that they don't like some of the messages being sent by that. So, yeah, there's a number of things going on here. The White House uh, issuing its guest list or coming up with its guest list for the papal visit and the Vatican evidently not pleased with some of the details. Everything gets politicized. Yes, it does, my friend, and that's the the first thing that you have to realize (laughs) is that 24-7 people are trying to hit you below the belt, and the quicker you realize that, the quicker you uh, figure out how to operate around here. I get it. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. When you're listening to Herman Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news, and you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Cain is on Coast to Coast. Coming up, rapid fire at 877-310-2100. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.